This is Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about Mi'kmaq people, politics, land and water. Hello, I'm Glenn Wheeler. Welcome to episode 271, brought to you with listener support. Become a patron at patreon.com slash Matters. Trivia question. What is the largest Mi'kmaq community in the world? If you guessed Halifax, or as we say, Jibuktuk, meaning the Great Harbour, you are correct. In recognition of the significance of Halifax for the Mi'kmaq people, there is an effort underway to add a seat to the Council of Halifax Regional Municipality, a seat designed specifically for Mi'kmaq. Alas, things have stalled at the province, which must approve a change to the city charter to allow for the addition. So, what happens next? We spoke with the councillor who's been heading the campaign for the edition, Way Mason. You are the councillor for District 7 of Halifax Regional Municipality. And for people who uh, know Halifax only a little bit, that's the beautiful South End, uh, the vibrant student quarter, uh, Spring Garden Road, I presume. Yeah, two hospital sites, five degree granting institutions, everything south of Quinpool Road and Sable Island. Oh, wow. Haven't yeah. been yet. Hoping to go this summer. The constituents, uh, the, the horses are waiting to uh, to see you. Not a lot of voters, but still worth the trip, I think. Yes. Yeah. So um, you are at the forefront of an effort to uh, add a special seat to the municipal council a seat designated for a Mi'kmaq person. And the last we saw in the news was that um, a request had gone to the province to change the city charter to provide for the seat. So where do things stand now? So uh, actually what happened is I, I made the amendment at the Executive Standing Committee of Council. And so that's going to go to council on Tuesday. And I expect it will pass the predictable uh, right wing uh, members. There's only two of them of the 17 of us will vote no and it'll pass 15 to, to two. It would be my guess. Uh, and then that re- uh, that request will go uh, in a letter signed by the mayor to uh, Department of Municipal Affairs Minister John Lohr. And Hopefully they'll consider it. We have a whole list of requests in there going back to 2006 that they haven't acted on yet for a whole bunch of things. And the closest one to this, though, was they have uh, we're on our second government that has resisted allowing permanent residents to vote, which is something we asked four or five years ago. But the difference is, of course, that the uh, province is deeply engaged in the uh, made in Nova Scotia process with KMKNO and the uh, uh, municipal or the uh, assembly of Mi'kmaq chiefs of Nova Scotia. And uh, there is actually uh, legislation on the books in Nova Scotia to have a Mi'kmaq seat in the legislature. Mm. So this is not a brand new thing we're throwing at them. There's lots of work going on in truth and reconciliation and clarifying treaties and and recognizing uh, Mi'kmaq sovereignty. So we're hoping that this one will actually pass muster and get adopted. Right. So uh, whether or not uh, the seat is um, 
becomes available in time for the October 2024 election depends on the province either responding to this request individually or that other long list of items that uh, they've they've had for some time. Yeah, I mean, the other stuff, I don't think they're going to do anytime soon. We don't have the best relationship with this uh, provincial government right now. That seems to be a trend across the country. Uh, and unfortunately, because we haven't had a lot of council meetings and the executive recommendation hadn't gone to council yet, uh, there was no opportunity for this to be introduced into the legislature in the session that wrapped up yesterday night around uh, 10 o'clock. So the next opportunity for them to add a seat would be be the fall session, which probably won't happen until the middle of September and the elections October 20th, I think. So I, I, you know, it's disappointing uh, that uh, it seems really unlikely we would have a a Mi'kmaq seat uh, in time for uh, the next election. Doesn't mean it's impossible, though, if they gave us the ability to create it or they or they created it, um, we are set up as a municipality to to do by-elections. Uh, and, and and the other piece is we don't know what form of decision-making would be used to fill that seat. If we follow the model of the uh, provincial um, uh, Mi'kmaq seat that uh, ha- has not been uh, filled yet, what the legislation says is that uh, the they will determine how the seat is going to be filled in consultation with Mi'kmaq representatives. So... Uh, I I think probably that it would be elected at large and people would self-identify, but I'm not in any position to say that that would be the decision of the Mi'kmaq community and authorities. It could be that it's an appointed seat by the assembly or it could be some other method or, you know, I don't know. We, we have to have that conversation. Right. Well, I was going to ask you about that um, because, uh, as you say, um the seat would have to be elected at large because, of course, uh, Mi'kmaq people do not live in one district. Um, The new regional municipality is a sprawling, big uh, entity, 400,000 people, includes the former city of Dartmouth and um, people all over. Um, And I guess even the self-identification issue uh, would have to be uh, looked at how uh, would it be enough uh, in uh, in your view for people merely to state that they are Mi'kmaq or would something more be required? Well, again, that would be a good conversation to have with the Mi'kmaq authorities and, and representatives because really it comes down to what their comfort level is. You know, we could go so far as having an identified uh, Mi'kmaq electorate similar to how they do with uh, uh, in New Zealand with the uh, Maori electorate, which is separate and identified, and you actually can apply in advance of the election to go from one list to the other. Uh, or we could go with self-identification, which is how they do the Mi'kmaq seat with the French school board, which is the only school board that still exists in Nova Scotia, and how they did the Mi'kmaq and African Nova Scotian seats with the uh, uh, regional school boards that were dissolved by the Liberal government a couple of years ago. It was entirely self-selection. So you could pick, am I going to vote this ballot or the other ballot? And that was your choice. And so then the question is, uh, are we worried about six or 7,000 non-Mi'kmaq deciding to vote to ruin the vote? Hmm. And and I don't I think that's probably pretty unlikely, but things have gotten there's a lot of people who are upset and miserable, miserable about things in the world right now. So, uh, you know, anything could happen. Yes. 
so let's uh, let's look ahead and uh, after the seat is in place and uh, the person is on council. So there would be uh, one person on a 16 uh, councillor plus one mayor council. Uh, and would they be voting on everything on the zoning applications, the parking issues? Uh, I, I think so. I, I mean, it's uh, we'll see if something different comes back. But so the basis for how this started was we did something called the uh, uh, culture and heritage priority plan. Uh, and part of that was an extensive uh, public engagement that included uh, significant meetings with uh, the Mi'kmaq. So that was everything from Confederacy mainland uh, Mi'kmaq and the uh, the women's organization, the uh, traditional uh, district and grand councillors and elected uh, re uh, reserve band councils. And I went to a lot of those meetings because I'm the alternate to the mayor. But when you have 20 meetings in four weeks, the mayor is really busy doing, mm. you know, he's chair of big city mayors and in Ottawa a lot and that kind of thing. So I went, I, I was pleased to go to all of them. And we heard over and over again from all these different groups and all these different geographies, uh, it's time for a Mi'kmaq seat. So they didn't say a voice like was proposed and unfortunately failed in Australia. They didn't say a separate entity. They said, we want to seat it at the table. We want to be on council. Mm -hmm. And as my friend Jarvis Gu said, who works at the uh, Atlantic Policy Congress, so they're in, uh, uh, in Cole Harbor to me years ago, and it's really st stuck in my mind, Halifax Regional Municipality is the largest Mi'kmaq community. There's more Mi'kmaq living here than any other community. Mm. And we need to recognize that. And this is the uh, historically very important place for that community as well. The uh, Jabuktuk, the big harbor, has, has, has been an important part of, uh, you know, the uh, migration and the spirituality of Mi'kmaq for time immemorial. So uh, with all that in mind, we need to have that discussion with them. How do you want it to work? What are you interested in? How, how do you see it working? And and to me, I would hope that they would vote on everything because we want to have that uh, view. We want to have their input on everything about how we build our community. You, you mentioned uh, the place of uh, of Halifax. Um, it is, uh, as you say, a large Mi'kmaq community, the largest. And it's where... Uh, uh, the uh, Europeans arrived. A lot of a lot of bad things went down in Halifax, which we're st still dealing with today, partly through changing names, uh, and that is a sensitive issue all over. Where you have people saying, "Oh, we can't uh, wipe out our history," etc., etc., etc. I suppose potentially we could have a situation in which the new Mi'kmaq representative faced uh, kind of headwinds on certain issues because it's not all sweetness and light sometimes we have very uh, serious political issues on which we don't have complete agreement so being one of uh, 17 would put the uh, the Mi'kmaq representative in a in a challenging position if, were we to have one of those uh, knock them down drag them out fights over something like a name change well yes but Council has voted, you know, you look at the history of what regional council's done since Mayor Mike Savage and myself got elected in 2012. You know, the, we were one of the first cities to adopt a, a, a statement of reconciliation uh, after the emergency motion at the Federation of Canadian 
municipalities that Mayor Don Iverson brought forward that passed uh, from the floor. Uh, we uh, attempted and failed and then attempted and were successful in having the statue removed. Second time that was after the task force, which we did in consultation and full partnership with the assembly. Uh, so it was a 50-50 decision-making recommend recommending body. And, and you look down the kind of list of recommendations that came out of the task force's report, and, and it's more than names, right? We've got a lot of things going on right now with uh, additional staffing and cultural competency and training and uh, involvement of those communities in important decisions, recognizing that a counselor would not be the only way they're that they that that community would be uh, represented in Halifax because we have had the good fortune of additions to reserve at uh, Turtle Grove uh, by Shannon Park. So we're going to have a in the heart of the city an urban reserve uh, where there was a historic reserve until the until the Halifax explosion wiped it out. Uh, Twelve acres there. We've got a couple other ATRs in, in the Hammonds Plains area. So we're seeing the Mi'kmaq community and economic strength and the and the representation by elected bands uh increasing dramatically in the last number of years and you know we're still way behind what's happening in cape breton regional municipality uh with uh with uh everything that's been going on up there but but i think you know you have the we, we have a good relationship with the uh Eskawagi and and seven agony uh district councils with uh chief Silboy and the grand council and with the elected bands and and the Miguel Native Friendship Center and all the other uh, civil society groups. So they're all in the mix. And when we say we need to consult, I don't think that an elected Mi'kmaq counselor would be the consultation. I don't think we'd say, Joe Smith, you're the consultation just now. That's it, right? We, we would still continue to do the wide ranging embrace of that community that we've been doing. But I also think it would be really good. It has been very advantageous in my time on council. We've gone from being mostly men, mostly white, and mostly old, to 50% women uh, and two African Nova Scotians elected in their constituencies. And having that voice of African Nova Scotian people has changed the dialogue. And I think it, similarly, having a Mi'kmaq person there would change the dialogue for the better. Mm. I, I think I answered your question, but I went on a bit of a ramble there. Sorry. No, no, it's, that's all. And uh, it's interesting to note that uh, the um, Halifax does contain... Um, uh, indigenous land through these uh, addition to reserves. So it is, there is reserve land in the um, yeah. in Halifax Regional Municipality, which uh, I think is important for people to know. So um, uh, that's uh, an important development. Um, we also, I also want to point out that that we have had other people suggest that it should be an indigenous seat, not a Mi'kmaq seat. But we heard from the Mi'kmaq groups that this is Mi'kmaq land and the treaty is with us, and it should be a Mi'kmaq seat. But in addition to having being the largest Mi'kmaq community in 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 the world, we also have thousands of First Nations people, Métis, Inuit, uh, you know, uh, Aboriginal First Nations from across the country here as a major federal employer, right? Like, hmm. uh, there's lots of folks in the military and RCMP and fisheries and all the different federal departments that are here, and people who just moved here, right, for work. So, so I think having that voice there, there is a group of people in this community who are the first people in this land who are used to being ignored and set aside, right, by the colonial structures we've had in place since 
Canada was created in before. And I think they should have, like me personally, aside from the fact that it was requested by this community that we have a treaty with, uh, I would like to see that happen because I think that it's a gesture of good faith. We want to hear what your community is concerned about is an important thing. And in a real way, not in a, we're going to do consultation once a year and we're going to do a report and we've checked the box. It's like having someone at council every day, mm. every meeting. It's harder to say no to someone who's in the room uh, when yep. you have to look them in the eye. Uh, yep. are, are there are there examples of uh, other cities across the country where they've had uh, an indigenous seat of some kind? Uh, are there models? I don't I don't know if it's actually happened anywhere. I know there's been requests and I know in in place in, in places with different demographics that First Nations people have been elected to councils. But I don't know that there's a dedicated seat. I think they were doing this and trying to do this in Victoria, but I don't think it was successful or it hasn't happened yet. But to the best of my knowledge, I don't I, it hasn't happened yet. Yes. Well, uh, Cape Breton, I, I guess, would be a candidate also because of, um, you know, the uh, the Mi'kmaq presence uh, there, traditional territory. Um, so I guess we were in a we're in a waiting um, pattern here for the province uh, to um, the ball is in its court. Uh, yeah. Historically, uh, in Nova Scotia, uh before populism swept North America and the Western world, our conservatives were generally pretty red Tories who actually were very supportive of better relationships with First Nations people. Um, I don't have any strong objective evidence that that has changed. And I think there's some pretty good allies in even in this conservative government. But I am also constantly surprised by the degree to which their politics are becoming populist. Ad. I, I, you do worry about that. And and the worst part of our relationship with the province, and it's not just this government, it's all the governments is, they don't have to say no, they just don't have to answer, right? Mm, if they just don't yes. do anything, then it doesn't happen. And then we're still sitting there, you know, trying to build better relationships. But there, there are, you know, we're going to build the new Mi'kmaq Friendship Center. And that's on land the municipality donated. And we're going to, you know, work through the Point Pleasant Park, uh, Mi'kmaq Heritage Recognition piece. It's something that's been on the book since 2008. And we're going to continue to do all the things that we've promised to do with this community, whether we get the seat or not. But I think that really it would be a critical piece of if, if we want to move beyond band-aids and addressing uh, historic damages and move into real, uh, you know, uh, restorative healing, having a Mi'kmaq seat, I think, is critical to that. Mm -hmm. Right. So listeners in Nova Scotia, uh, contact your uh... MLA and um, put the word in for the um, this important uh, seat in Halifax Regional Municipality. Vote, uh, vote yes, and and encourage the government to move. Way, thank you very much, and fingers crossed, um, we'll uh, we'll be watching to see what happens. We were speaking with Way Mason, Councillor for District Seven at Halifax Regional Municipality. Please note that interview took place on November tenth. That's it for the program. Allison Baker is the producer of Mi'kmaq Matters. Hillary McGinnis is our researcher. I'm Glenn Wheeler, M. Sonogamon. Mm -hmm.